It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. And we're thrilled to have you here. Yeah, thank you guys for coming to the podcast. Uh, really fun episode. I'm so excited. This guy is fabulous. He's brilliant, funny, and adorable yep. to look at. And uh, if, if you're listening from the UK, you're probably very much already familiar with him. And already a fan. Yep. And if you're not, and you need to be, so get with it. <laughs> yep. So uh, we will uh, bring out Ian and just a few. Oh, he's wonderful. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Also, uh, it's really hot today. Oh my gosh, it's so hot. In LA. So there, uh, there's a bit of a fan going in the background during yeah. it. It shouldn't be too distracting, but uh, otherwise we would have turned into little puddles. Yeah, so you don't hear it now, but when the episode kicks in, you may hear a whir, and that was just to keep us alive. Yep. Uh, we're mostly listener-supported, but on yep. this particular episode and the last couple, we're really yeah. happy that we're working with these guys. Uh, we have a sponsor. Bonobos. Yep. Amazing clothes for boys. That's yep. not their real jingle, but it should be. <laughs> Bonobos.com. Uh, for new subscribers, subscribers, for new customers, <laughs> uh, enter in the coupon code POPMYCULTURE for 20% off your first order. What? Yeah. Again, it's Bonobos.com. It's awesome clothes. We'll tell you more about them later. Yeah. Oh, spell it. Go ahead. B-O-N-O-B-O-S. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. I'm a speller. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, they are awesome. So uh, if you like the show, yeah. Um, how about leaving us a review on iTunes? Little Eye Big Tunes. That's right. Um, every review helps us to get featured and w- makes us feel better about ourselves. And in the middle of the night when you wake up and you think, what am I doing with my life? Like, I could be having kids. I could be living. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So leave that review. Uh, also, you can email us at info at, at com. Well, uh, we read every email. We'll write you back. Yep. Um, we We've gotten some stuff. really wonderful ones lately, so thank you guys so much. Yep. Oh, we have something coming up at the end of this month. We do. Uh, we're doing a live show for those what? of you in Los Angeles as part of the Riot LA Comedy Festival. It's a brand new festival. That's R-I-O-T-L-A.com. Check them out there. Our show is on Sunday, September 23rd at 5 o'clock p.m. at the Five Stars Bar in downtown Los Angeles. We're so excited. There'll be a bar while you're there, so you can come to the show. You can drink. The show's only $5. Yep. And we have the wonderful voice voice legend rob paulson who's also one of the most wonderful men in the world yep he'll be on the show and the theme for the whole entire show is legends of voice acting yep. so uh rob's helping us put together the panel we have an awesome panel coming yep. together and we'll we'll let you know names soon but you will not be disappointed yeah there's going to be you know at least four or five people from some of your favorite cartoons on there yeah uh so definitely come and check that out if you can we'd yes. love to see you and say hello to us after the show please yeah. Uh, one last thing. Uh, also, if you like the show and you want to help it keep going, uh, we don't always have sponsors. No. So uh, your donations, usually, <laughs> your donations go a long way. Yeah. Uh, there is a donate button on our website. Podcasterpodcast.com. Any little bit helps, and if you donate, we uh, we give you a thanks on the air. Oh yeah, we do. Usually in some stupid asinine way that <laughs> some of you find entertaining. <laughs> uh, and actually, I've got a friend here to help us with our thanks. Oh, I today. was hoping to help you. No, I I'd rather. What, what's happening in your shirt? <laughs> well. Well, it's tiny Catherine Hepburn. She's in my oh. pocket. Oh, it's hot in there. Why are you wearing corduroy today? I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Catherine. Oh, wow. My uh, hair is a mess. That's no, you fine. always look smashing. Fine. Now, what are we doing? Are we golfing? No, no, we're not golfing today. I'd love to golf. All I need is a ballpoint pen and a 
tiny little eraser. Yes, I know. It would be fun. And oh, we'll, we'll do that yes, over the weekend. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, we, we need to thank some people that donated oh, to our podcast. Wonderful. Oh, generous people. I love Great. That. So I've got a little list right here. So okay. why don't I, I give them to you here? Oh, it uh, is little, isn't it? Who wrote this? It probably looks really huge to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can... Two hands. Okay. All right. So the first one is Justin. Justin. Now that's a lovely name. You know, once I had a lover named Justin. Mm-hmm. I met him before I met Luddy. It was, it was at my father's house. It was very romantic. So when I hear that name, I think of one thing. Bass. We used to go bass fishing. So thank you, Justin, for bringing back that memory. That's a, that's a nice little anecdote. Yes, it's true. Uh, also, uh, Glenn. Glenn. That reminds me of a literal Glenn. I love glens. Uh, one of my favorite sort of things a land can do, have a glen. Mm. Nice. Thank you, Glenn, for reminding me of a glen. And finally, uh, Paula. Paula. Now that sounds like a lady's name. Am I right? You're right. It's like it's Paul with an A on it, but it's a, it's a gal's name. Well, now that's a sexist thing to say, isn't it? It's like Paul with an A on it. I, I don't know. I was just... Couldn't Paula be... You say Paul is like Paula without the A. I think that's a little more appropriate. I'm standing up for Paula. I'm standing up for all of us when You're I right. say that. You're right. I apologize. A very rude moment, Mr. Stratton. Well, you don't need to pitch a tiny Are fish. you putting me back in your pocket? I am putting no, you back no, in the pocket. No, 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 no. Sorry. No. Spitfire. She sure is. You know, you could have chimed in during that. You didn't have to stay quiet the entire time. She looked mean. She is. Uh, she's got gumption. Feisty, at least. She's feisty for sure. So thank you guys for donating to the thank podcast. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to us. Seriously, it does. Yes. Uh, so, without further ado, Woo! let's bring out our amazing guest. I'm so excited. I love yep. him. Here we go. Our guest today, he's the co-creator and co-writer of the hit UK series, The Inbetweeners. That film is coming out here stateside on Friday, September 7th. So definitely go and seek it out. Ian Morris is here. Hello there. Welcome. Hello. Hello. UK stands for England. It does, sort of. Sort of. And also also it doesn't. Oh, okay. Sort of not. But no, England is a part of the UK. UK. Yes. No, no, also no. Also oh. no, but it's okay, it's okay. okay. There was actually, uh, I heard someone on the radio the other day talking about Andy Murray. They're saying, of course, he's from um, Scotland and he won that gold medal in his home country, England, for the Olympics. And I was like, yeah, that's not, okay. that's not why they don't like that. It's not, <laughs> they don't like that in Scotland. But no it's like, so close enough, so it's not as bad as that. But yeah, oh. along those It's lines. always hard to say, I know for us, like, stateside here, it's always hard to say, like, all right, is it UK? Is it England? Is it, you know, because the UK is, like, more for the United yep. Kingdom. And yep. it's, like, it's kind of safer to say, if you don't know exactly where it's from. It's, Across oh, it's UK. the pond. Maybe we'll just say, like, yeah. it's the, the new Earth hit. Yeah, Earth, oh. that's right. Yeah, well, Northern, okay. European, Northern European you're safe with. Right. Great Britain you're safe with. My mother's Scottish and my father's English, so actually I've got a vague sense that I should be saying Britain when I say England a lot. And actually a very close friend of mine who's film director called Paul McGuigan, who does Sherlock and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, really, yeah. Really guy. Well, he's around. If you want to talk to him, he's around. But he, um, I'm hyper aware that whenever I talk to him, I was like, yeah, the thing about it is, you know what it's like in England? When you're in England, you do this. I'm thinking, yes, you're from Scotland and you live in Scotland. So sort of, <laughs> even myself, I find myself going... And in Britain as well. I mean, or sometimes, sometimes, I, sometimes I make really strange qualifications where I go, but I guess it's less like that in Scotland. And you go, no, it's the same. I go, oh, it's the same in Scotland. <laughs> I meant, I meant Britain. I said England. So yeah, so don't, don't, we all do it. Well, I'm especially horrible. So. <laughs> this is, by the way, for our listeners, the hottest podcast ever. Uh, we're recording with the sun fast approaching. Uh, in the big windows here. So if you hear us start to audibly sweat, that's a problem. It's I don't know what that sounds like yet. <laughs> Dripping. We usually we usually record in the morning, so it's not quite as hot, and it's and, uh, hotter. And we're and like in the middle of a heat day. wave right yeah. now. Yeah. Heat wave. So oh. if our voices melt, before you don't know we, why. <laughs> oh no! I have a question about your yeah. film. Um, 
that also ties into something that's happening now. If you were to compare it to the Oogie Loves, uh, <laughs> like what, what do they have in common? Well, I'd say that the Oogie Loves, I, I, I only know the Oogie Loves because I saw a poster that said on the post, and I shouldn't, you know, making any film is very difficult. I find it very hard now to criticise films having made one. Right. It was almost impossible. But, but it did say, uh, from the marketing visionary who brought you, and I thought, if you're yeah. selling it <laughs> via marketing. the marketing guy... That's not a great lineage, because also what you're saying on the poster is, this poster is selling you something, and how we're selling you something is by the thing we sold you before. Sure. Things. Is this right? Is this the, the best you've got? Is like, hey, remember when we sold you that thing? That we're was, selling, they're selling you again, the same people are selling you the same it's thing. It's the sort of same thing, but yeah. I don't I even like, know about it I yet. get when they, when they saw a movie, like, from the writer of, or yeah. the director of, but I, I don't even really get necessarily the studio that brought you, because, yeah. like, half of the movies they put out sucked, too. So yeah. Well, and this isn't studio-affiliated, which is even, which like... really? Is yeah. it independent? He, it makes me feel bad um, for them, then. Teletubbies, man, who right. is the visionary. The marketing visionary. He, Put yeah, Ken Visselman is his Ooh. name. The movie itself cost about twenty million to make. And they put about thirty into uh, the marketing, so it costs about fifty. So it's been everywhere, and it it now holds the record yeah. uh, of being the lowest per screen average ever for a film opening on more than a thousand screens. Well, I feel bad then for that because I think the thing about it is also again I'm not a marketing visionary, but I would suggest that friends of mine have got young kids that like things like Thomas Tank and Tatum. Yeah. The idea of taking those kids to a cinema and getting them to sit down for an hour and a half is the worst well, idea. Even it's like, worse. Well, that's, that's not going to happen. Because well, <laughs> the, it's worse because these previews are encouraging. Like, if I was a mom, because I watched the previews and they're like, do your kids want to dance and scream it's in the aisle? It's supposed oh, okay, to be okay. interactive. But okay. who, what mom is like, that's what I'm going to do yeah. this afternoon? Just like one screaming kid in my face yeah. isn't enough. Why is that 350? If there's one thing I don't oh, want parents to get kids doing at an early age, it's interacting at the cinema. Because oh. nowadays you go to in the movies and like people are talking and texting and being uh, you know yeah. jerks the entire time anyway <gasps> yeah. let's start them really young let's get them dancing and screaming I, and singing along but at least that's with the movie I went to uh, I went I'm going to see the first Harry Potter film when it came out like a sort of lunchtime screening the first weekend in London and the people I was with again it was like a next it was all young kids me and my girlfriend at the time all young kids and sort of mums with them and the woman sitting next to me had like four kids and when the trailers were coming in not, not the trailers the adverts were coming on she was howling with laughter howling with laughter and I remember thinking I mean, these are like the most... But I thought, you've not been out of the house in so long <laughs> because you're finding the adverts absolutely... And the kids didn't stop talking. They were kicking the seats and they are moving around. I thought, this is a nightmare. I've come to this film. I've read all the books, obviously, because I'm a weirdo. And no. I should definitely... You'd be a weirdo if you haven't. Oh, thank you. That's me feeling yeah. better. But they're basically... And as soon as that film started, silence and no movement. And these kids were like four or five years <gasps> old. Fantastic. The whole cinema, silent, not moving. I remember watching... I enjoyed the film, but I remember thinking... This has got something very special because not a child has moved for two hours at that age that when they can't happen. stop That's moving. That's fantastic. Yeah. So. I actually went to... We'll get back to the Oogie Loves in a second. Oh, Sidebar. Please, we have uh, I, uh, I went this past weekend to see Mary Poppins at the Amundsen, like the stage production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we gold-starred it like a lot of people did. So I think people sitting around us might not necessarily normally go to the theater that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, it, they weren't even that bad. They were like mezzanine seats. It wasn't even like the nosebleeds. Yeah. But the people around us... It was appalling. There's tons of people, adults and kids, talking at full volume like the entire time. And granted, the Mary Poppins stage production was just kind of eh, like I guess it was hard. Like it has patches where it's kind of slow, Um, but. It, on top of that, the woman in front of me kept checking Facebook on her phone. Right. Well, this you never the, the know what's going theater. on. And then the woman, next to, woman next to Jenny opened up a thing of, like, supermarket sushi and was That's eating good. sushi That's good. at the theater. 
Hmm. And I, I, we were just both looking at each other like, what? It, really? Really? Yeah. It's come to this at live theater. I get it at movie theaters. It's obnoxious yeah. there. But there's live human beings <laughs> yeah. down on stage performing for you. Aww. I went to see um, Men in Black 3 recently. Well, not that recently. We know where it came out. At the Art Club, which is always a fairly safe bet yeah. for not having people talk or be, be dicks around you. And it was very quiet. And I like to sit towards the front. So I thought this would be a perfect spot. Sat down. And then about just sort of behind like perfect couldn't quite see in my peripheral but could definitely hear behind me these two guys were talking and they sort of didn't really this one guy just didn't stop talking didn't stop talking. and after about 15 minutes I was trying really trying not to listen and I tuned in and I because I grew up in Europe I speak a bit of French he was doing a simultaneous translation for oh the guy next to me I was like, this cannot be happening. You're not actually translating the whole of Men in Black 3. Oh, my God. So I was like, at one point I was like, Puffer, when I was in Puffer, Puffer, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît. And I think that threw them for a little bit, but not long enough for them to think, well, I've come to enjoy it. My friend doesn't speak any English. I'm going to say, I was longing for action sequences. As soon as action sequences came along, it's like, thank God. We've got a minute. We've got a minute of him not. Explosion? Unfortunately, his friend was blind, too, so he had to describe all the action sequences. It was just, I was like, Come, come on, come on, mate. And also, there were so many seats in that cinema, and he sat quite near the only few people that actually, and I was like, Really? Really? I can't believe that. Oh, that's horrible. I've amazing. had that before where like something's kind of empty, the theater's empty, and somebody sits like right in front of you. Yeah. And you're like, really? Really? Like, oh, here's two people. Let's ruin it for them. <laughs> yeah. Let's cuddle. A little bit more about our fantastic sponsor. They are Bonobos. That's B-O-N-O-B-O-S, and they make such good-looking clothes for boys. They do. They make great men's clothing. Um, I've actually got quite a bit of it now. Yes, you um, do. They gave Stay. us a little bit to start with, and I've just been buying some stuff. Cole uses his credit card. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, in the photo of this episode, you'll see I'm wearing one of their shirts. Uh, I believe it's called Corsica online. Ooh. It's super comfortable and great. It looks really nice. Yeah, thanks. You? I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a couple other things, too. They have a great sense of humor about it, too. They often have whimsical fun names like there's the ging arthur and the ging crosby and things like that there. oh you got to get green ging crosby i might have to yeah. Say, ging crosby. oh blah, no blah, blah, you blah. don't need to get that number uh but there's a lot of great stuff on there and they've got wonderful pants that fit fantastic too Boom. um yeah great stuff uh, and for um u.s people it's free shipping 365 days a year yep. and free returns so try it out and it's so easy it could not be easier yep it's super great and simple and fast shipping too it's great yeah um again enter in the coupon code pop my culture for 20% off your first order for new customers. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And enjoy your hotness. Indeed. <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm back to our wacky conversation. <laughs> what? No, I stopped, I stopped going to the cinema for about five or six years because I thought to myself, I can't really cope with humanity. And then I got much, and I sort of eased myself back into it over the, over the past sort of seven or eight years. But I do still have an issue with humans and cinemas yeah it's Ooh. tough we saw what's that movie we saw sakura is that i can't say samsara yeah the never-ending wheel of rebirth i.e hell according to the buddhists uh we thought <laughs> it was two hours or something um uh and it's basically like gorgeous motion photography yeah. with music um and it's super weird like no no dialogue no right no speaking at all but there was a couple behind me that were like doing the most painful opening of a package of Swedish fish yep. for like 30 <laughs> minutes. It's just like, and then they would be like, Oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Like, yeah, we're all, we're yeah. all seeing the whole yeah, it's oh, tricky, great it? shot. There was a lot of great shots. <laughs> oh, great shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, well, you won't need, you won't get that sort of reaction in the in-between this movie. It's not really, <laughs> it's really about the laughs. There's a lot of people going, Oh, ah, hopefully, but not many, uh, 
crinkle, crinkle, great shots great moments. Shot. It's pretty, great it's a bit of a romp, really. I do love that, like, when people are opening up packaging, they think that it's better to go slow, slow. with it. Yeah. And, like, so it's a, it's a torturous. Oh, Instead of, like, God. just making the nails go down the chalkboard quickly, oh. yeah. let's go as slowly as possible so yeah. it takes as long as possible. I'm always afraid that I'm going to really lose it and go crazy. Like, I feel like it's so close under my surface. I'm not a, a physical, angry person, but in those moments, I feel like I can sm- smash in their head. Yeah, I did, a, I did, a, actually, I did, I went to see, it must have been two or three years ago, I went to see a film at the El Capitan Theatre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And behind me, this guy just didn't stop talking. He wouldn't stop talking. And it was through the sort of trailers and stuff. And my, my wife, Marsha, was like, just okay, it's okay. And I was like, you know, and then it was the sort of the short film they had and they sort of talked through the whole thing. And actually the film I went to see was Up. So basically, I turned around, I gave him a bollocking before Up started, and then Up started. <laughs> and I could see in my profession, and I basically, I was pretty much sobbing for the next 15 minutes. Like, the whole sort of tough guy thing of like, listen, mate, you need to shut up, because we paid tickets to get a ticket. And then two, two minutes later, I am sobbing Reduced my eyes. Absolutely <laughs> catastrophically sobbing. I, you know, I, the beginning of Up, I spent most of the beginning of Up trying to think about films that were sadder than Up to nice. try and stop myself sit, crying at Up. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Da- Damon, who I write the film with, oh. has a, um, he's got it on his iPad, and he, gets, he commutes into London every day on the train, and he's developed a game that he likes to call uh, Up Roulette, which is in a crowded commuter train. He'll basically start watching it and see how far he can get before he has to stop in case he cries in front of all the, all the people he sits with every day. That's awesome. It is so, like the perfect like little short film within a film. That, uh, like, I that, mean... It, and it's so heartbreaking. They could have like they could have just put on a loop Bambi's mom being shot over and over and over for two hours wouldn't be nearly well, not even close because also the thing about Up is is what is I mean genuinely one of my favourite films but why it's so brilliant I think is that there's that bit where you think you think I probably haven't probably haven't felt a bit sad for about five minutes and then like he'll put his hand on the post box oh, and, like, oh, 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 oh. and then the book at the end when you sort of you're uh. into the romp you're like okay it's a romp and they're gonna find the bird and they're gonna get the bird back and well what's this it's a book of memories oh my god I'm gonna <laughs> this is the world god and then you're like oh god it's happy at the end he's gonna put a badge on him oh god and all of the people we love are going <laughs> oh, to die god, and who's just, gonna take care of like, me oh <laughs> it's the worst and also and the, the best, best. Yeah. but yeah so as you describe put in Oliver and Company as a palate cleanser. <laughs> See Billy Joel as the Airful Dodger. Have a good time. I forgot that. Um, I feel like we let the Oogie Loves off the hook a little too easily. Oh no, what are you going to do to them? Uh, I feel terrible about it though. So I'm, I can't... I can't well, what's well. weird is like, the guy, it's the guy that did Teletubbies yeah. and that kind yeah. of stuff. And like that started on TV. So at least so like kids might be like, ooh, it big screen Teletubbies, I want to yeah. see yeah. it. This has nothing to do with anything. So kids have no, no background in it. And now stuff comes out on DVD like three months after it hits the theater. So parents in general are just like, oh, I don't have to take them to the theater. I can just wait and watch it in my household. Yeah. And the thing just – and Ken Visselman is like saying like, oh, no, it's still – it's a great – people are going to talk about it. Everybody knows what it is. Yeah. He's, he's still the knows, He still wants to franchise it, like make more movies. He might. He's I think it's visionary. Like, they'll behind. sell a lot of DVDs, won't yeah. they? And it'll be fine. It'll catch up. It'll and be right. toys. And I think a lot of college kids are going to be like, we need to rent. <laughs> Well, I know. I mean, when I was watching the trailer, I was like, somebody's got to do drugs and watch this. Like, it is. Did you hear about some of the stuff? Like, the main characters are Zuzi, Toofy, and Gooby. Right. They have a pet fish named Ruffy who has to be in his bowl because if he gets in a body of water bigger than that, he gets allergies and starts sneezing. But he doesn't have water in his bowl. In the preview, he has a tube, a feeding tube. Well, there you go. I guess he's allergic disturbing. to water or something. That they have a, a pillow called Shloofy, and the pillow <laughs> has a mouth but doesn't talk. So why give it a mouth? And they have a vacuum cleaner named Jay Edgar. Jay Edgar, yeah. But, um, but it has actual, like, Hollywood stars in it, too. Like, Tony Braxton's in it, Carrie Elways, Cloris Leachman, Chaz Palminteri, Jamie Presley, Christopher Lloyd. Okay. They're all in it. All right. Um, now I feel less cred. bad. 
we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we know how it goes. It literally made a two hundred and nine dollar average per screen. That was on the weekends. On the weekdays, it was like forty seven million. See, I believe your film did a bit better um, in, the, in UK, the UK. I'm not. I'm not going to guarantee for how it's going to do over this weekend <laughs> in the US. Smashing success, though. but um, huge. Yeah, it was, it was massive. Yeah, in the UK, it was big. It was a big thing. It was, uh, it was big thing. the third biggest that year. Period. Yes. Behind Harry Potter and the King's Speech. Not too correct. Shy. Although I would argue that King's Speech was over two years. Really, it was like yeah, but yes, yeah, basically yes. But out of comedies, it was the biggest and is now the biggest, yeah, I believe, uh, of ever, all time. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Ever, no big crazy. deal. <laughs> yeah, that's no, pretty crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. And the show is so good. It's on um, Netflix much. now for those of you guys who haven't. Yeah. You can stream it the first two series at least. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, is Hulu a thing? I think Hulu might have the first three series. All oh, right. ho, ho. There you go. So there you go. Um, it's so good, so funny. And we're going to get to more of that later, but... Big okay. fan. Thank Big you. Fan. Just basically, you can just every five minutes you just want to stop and say how funny and how good the show is. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to keep you keep me here forever. You. I won't worry about the sun. Yeah. And I'll just be. <laughs> By the way. By the way, it's really fun. It's okay, okay. It's been about six minutes since you mentioned how good the show just was. Just knock so on the keep... table whenever yeah. you need a little. <laughs> 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 You're so like we don't fish. usually get into politics at all. Now. Oh right, we great. Avoid that. Great. But there's one thing that sort of touches in pop culture that probably should address because it went viral and crazy big after. <laughs> 10 seconds after it happened Aww. and that was Clint Eastwood's speech to the empty chair at the RNC yeah um, I mean I, I saw the thing like maybe an hour after it happened and yeah. I just saw the Twitter feed and how crazy it was and I so I watched it and I don't know maybe like it was a little out there but it didn't hit me as nuts as everybody's making it out to be <laughs> at the time but it's- I think it's more if you just see it if you saw the concept written on paper like you have this person that could be a great spokesperson like what a powerful yeah. You know, like not the t- typical kind of person they have at the RNC of like he's representing Hollywood in a weird way. He's like got a huge fan base. And then like the way that they use his time is like, OK, so you're going to pretend the president's sitting in this chair. Like to me, the pitch is weirder than and it just felt sad. It felt sad. to It watch. felt pretty sad. It was like it was sort of like someone forgetting again. I'm not really, you know, I have nothing to do with American politics. Yeah. It's not my place to comment on the politics. Exactly. But I think the idea of watching someone quite brilliant. Be, yes. a, be a bit old, yeah. no, be a bit yeah. old and forget It's yeah. like a little like oh, it's like no. your granddad doing a wedding speech or something. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's forgotten my name, hasn't he? He's forgotten <laughs> my name, and I'm the man getting married. And <laughs> most oh, of the no. feeling I had watching it was that cringe. Yeah, like, oh, just get to the end, just get the to bit, the end. The bit the handle bit was particularly good because it was like it was watching an old person forget the question that they were asking themselves. They forgot, and then, yeah, then going, yeah. and then just going, I just say the same word again. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I'll carry this through. But for a friend of mine last night, she was saying that he felt like. When he heard that Clint Eastwood was doing a sort of reality show, he was like, oh, that's a strange, seems like a strange decision. And my respect for him has gone down a little bit. And then this is sort of like maybe another step That was step the down. beginning of the yeah. weirdness. And I've watched the show, folks. Oh, really? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see... I don't want to see a hero like that in that way. Like, there's these iconic people that come from a generation where there wasn't supposed to be reality TV and all that smut. And it's like, you can keep your golden glow about you. But genuinely, there was, I think if they just cut together... 10 minutes of the best Clint Eastwood bits from the best films, so like bits of Unforgiven and stuff like amazing, just cut together brilliantly. And he'd come on the end and go, I support Mitt Romney. Done. Huge. I mean, huge. Yeah, yes. That's it, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Take yeah, note it, from Comic Con, Expendables page. I mean, when, you, when, you, when you watch the thing, like, uh, they're eating it up in the room. Oh, yeah. Like, there's not, like, they don't cut to people who are like, jaws drop. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, they think it's like the best speech in the history of the world. They're yeah, plotting yeah, yeah. everything. Um, 
but it had the exact opposite effect than they wanted it to have. Yeah. Yeah. And Obama is pretty brilliant. He fired back the best tweet ever, yeah. which was just a picture of like, sorry, this seat's taken. And it was a picture of him. Yeah. And like that was pretty crazy. Brilliant. And yeah. then it, it, it had this meme start right away with all these oh. people like photos of like, Oh, I'm having, you I know, say, I sat next to Obama on the plane. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, mean, I think I tweeted at the time. I was like, you guys realize this East Whitting thing will become the Austin Powers and Borat impressions of the office <laughs> in like a, a day. Like, yeah. and that moves so fast. That yeah. Like, yeah. Like literally seeing that, those tweets, like the next day, any Eastwood like jokes were like, all right. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's gone, isn't it? Pretty eaten up pretty quickly these days. Yeah. You have like a five hour window, I think, when something happens yeah. that, that massive to get something in. Otherwise, people are like, seen it, heard it, done. <laughs> so Moving weird. Moving on. Found uh, a new cat fast. pick. <laughs> people that like cat pictures they do they do all right well, surefire way to something <laughs> uh so this is also happening right now yeah. vanity fair uh it's a magazine it's a magazine I've heard of it. I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. they are uh exposing the tom cruise scientology bride search uh, oh, another cringe. Really? Yeah. It's horrible. This is horrible. Th- this, this sounds awesome. This gal that was being groomed to be Mrs. Cruz. Already? For, no, pre is pre-Katie. Oh, right, right, right. Her name is uh, Nazanin Boniati. I'm Say sure that again? I again? Nazanin <laughs> Boniati. Uh, she dated Tom Cruise for a couple of months. And in that time, there's this massive vetting process by right. the superiors. At, this is according to the whole thing that's I coming out. I just really hate them um, so much. And she had to sign a disclosure agreement at the time and is probably going to be in trouble for this whole thing. But I Right. I have a feeling that Vanity Fair is probably like, we'll pay for your legal bills. Yeah. We'll figure this out. Um, so it's like a month-long vetting process. Wait, but she didn't start to date him. That's the creepy thing. She just She's an actress, and she was loosely involved with the church, and she signed up to do a um, like an in-house Scientology video. Okay. And then in the video, they start asking her, so how do you feel about Tom Cruise? <laughs> and then it turns into, like, they, like, put her in training camp. They took her braces off, which I like that part. That's good. <laughs> made her, made her dump good. her boyfriend yep. at the time. So there's that. Uh, Again. <laughs> So, dangling, dangling Tom Cruise. Exactly. Yeah. Well, your the boyfriend's nice, but look over look here. <laughs> look at risky business. Okay. Um, so then it, for a couple months, they're vetting her. This whole thing is going through. And it, I guess she offended the kind of the head of the place, David Miskovich. Yeah, that guy. Yep. Uh, I guess some I, one report read that she just asked him to repeat something because he talked <laughs> too fast. And like they found that to be offensive. So and it could be other things, that. but really? anyways, when she fell out of favor, her penalty then oh, I just was really hate they that. shipped her off to Florida. Yeah, first that's awful to begin with, <laughs> and then uh, in the summer, in the summer, <laughs> then they made her uh, scrub toilets right. and and like, with a toothbrush. With a toothbrush. Yeah. Well, if you can do a job, do it properly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they made her dig ditches in the middle of the night. Right. And then again, they... too hot during the day in Florida. Right. So again, so I'm not. Best not that I'm on their side. I'm just saying there could be a perfectly <laughs> good reason. A perfectly reasonable explanation for all of these is, things. I should mention that um, Ian's hooked up to a Dianetics machine. <laughs> <laughs> and they made her sell copies of Dianetics on street corners. That's just the gig you sign up for. I reckon <laughs> could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Oh, it makes me. My so wife's a Catholic, and I reckon there's a lot of, <laughs> frankly, the things she had to do. Don't you know? Ditches. I don't mean that. Ditches. Teeth. Ditches. A lot. <laughs> dig. There was daytime ditches for them. Like wash shrouds. <laughs> oh gosh. I just hope, you know, everywhere. Hope that other people don't get ideas like I'm going to vet my future wife. <laughs> well, good Let's luck. See how many hoops she's going to jump through. Yeah. Well, actually, funny enough, my wife kind of vetted me a bit. We had a. How did she do that? Well, we. 
she's American. We met over here and we had a sort of long distance relationship. But before we had any form of relationship, effectively when I was... Braces you off. You can say stalking. I was, yeah, braces off. Uh, <laughs> English teeth. I've never been anywhere near braces. So um, they, uh, she sent me a sort of list. She was like, oh, I hope we can be friends. I was like, well, you know, maybe. And then we've got quite a lot of friends. And, uh, and she, was, uh, she sent me a list of her favourite films, her favourite books, and her favourite music. And was like, oh, here's some stuff. And so, and so I was like, you know in England on my own, desperately trying to impress this girl. So every night I was kind of like swatting up, reading these books, watching these DVDs, listening to this terrible music, and, uh, <laughs> and every day writing a really long, sort of witty email to try and, uh, try and sort of break her down. And you really. did it. Well, I did it, yeah, it took a while. But my, my husband is that man right there. Oh, yeah. And he vetted me. He oh, really? Is, he has lists. At the time I met him, it was very neurotic. They were all <laughs> like... Here's my top ten favorite Disney movies. Here's See, my top ten, and they're all online in different like little secret portals of the web. And right. he'd be like, "I'd really like for you to make a top 100 films list." That's true. I mean, I had to. I mean, I had to sort of. It was quite funny because she sent a lot of the first one was like lots of very brilliant art house films, and the only thing I could think of to send back was Shrek Two. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen. Uh, if you say Shrek 2. It's really mind blowing. It's a pretty postmodern film. Well, I stand I mean, by, but that's Shrek it. 1 left so many answers, <laughs> yeah. questions unanswered. Uh, my, wife, I mean, my wife and I have been married for like almost five years now, but we've been together for like 15. So right. when I was initially wooing her, I remember I made uh, a VHS tape. Classic. Uh, compilation of three movies for her at the time. Because, um, you know, to dupe them at the video store I worked at. And I think it had Swingers, Amadeus, and Austin Powers on it. Boner City. It's brilliant. It's pretty good. There's a lot of the A's there. Two A's. You're like, they're yeah. from the front of the store. Swingers was one of the films that Dame and I were obsessed with. And that's one of the reasons we wrote The Inbetweeners. Because we were sort of, we liked the idea of films about the sort of reality of how male friends communicate with each other and talk to each other and stuff. And we felt the Swingers was that. So that's often... So one of the three or four films that we always mention as being inspiration of... of uh, what are the other ones? Amadeus, not so much. Um, <laughs> American Shrek Pie. Too. American Pie, obviously, I think. Yep. Again, which I think is a kind of underrated character study. Mm-hmm. The later ones, not so much. Um, Animal House, which I really loved. Again, yep. I think it's quite a sweet study at places. And uh, there's a British film called Withnail and I. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Oh, Richard, Richard, uh, Richard E. Grant. Yeah, yeah it's a it's really great. brilliant film. It's an 80s comedy. And they get actually also, I suppose, in a way, like the forty-year-old virgin was sort of a not. It was an inspiration in how funny it was and how yeah. sort of it was doing a sort of realistic form of comedy, you know, rather than something sort of big and Will Ferris, which was also brilliant. I also loved, but it's a kind of different. It felt like you could do really big jokes with a slightly more naturalistic performance. I guess was the idea. Well, yeah, the tone of of the show is so perfect because it does feel like the kids you knew growing up. It feels like the real awkward moments of these underdogs that in their mind, like every day <laughs> is the biggest day, <laughs> and uh, you. you see the pathetic. Stuff from such a distance, but there's so much bravado. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they're really also like, like they, what I like about it is they're always sort of on the right track to something. Yeah. And then they, they just take it, it too up. far. They just, you can always see that they're going to sabotage themselves. Yeah. No one else is going to do it. Yeah. They're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that's sort of what we hope for is the idea that they, it's always their own fault. It's yep. their own, they, they're hoist by their own petard, as you say in England. Let's say we'd say in England, probably only I, only me and sort of uh, medieval enthusiasts would say in England. I admire the petard hoisting. There you go. And, uh, but the, the, the four guys are great. The cast yeah, is fantastic. So they're amazing. How did, how did you find them? Um, well, I mean, the boring truth is that we just did a very, very, very big search. We saw about a thousand people. But actually... You know, I'd love to say we're geniuses, and over, out of that thousand, every couple of hundred, we'd say these guys, these guys. But actually, Joe and Simon, who play uh, Will and Simon, 
we we'd been working with for a year. And we got to the last two weeks and we just can't find anyone to play these two parts. And we were sponsoring their Edinburgh show. Uh. They're in a sketch group. And we're like, they're like, what about us? And I was like, no, not you guys. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder where we can find some young comedy actors. And they're like, well, we are, we are available. I said, like, we're coming up to Edinburgh next week, but not you guys. I wonder who we can find. We'll just and then, keep scouting. Um, yeah, we'll keep scouting. And then, and, then, and then we showed them to our exec producer. Uh, and she was like, I think they're sort of brilliant, aren't they? Aren't they two characters? I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> and then James Buckley, which we cast in the pilot, actually, and James Buckley had been in the pilot as Neil, so we'd actually cast him as the, totally the wrong character oh, the first wow. time. And then Blake, we had someone else lined up for Neil, and Damon and I were adamant that the guy wasn't quite right, he wasn't quite Neil. And Blake Harrison, who plays Neil, came in, he was literally the last person we saw out of a thousand, whatever it was, and he was on his way to work at a sort of um, mobile phone shop and he thought, should I go? Maybe I shouldn't go. I'll be a bit late. My first day, I'll better go. And he walked in and we were, I think, five days from the first day of shooting and he came in and we went, Tim, Tim, Oh Tim, my Tim. God. So, we, so the truth is, how do we find them? We were very thorough and incredibly lucky and quite stupid. So <laughs> yeah, they're, the perfect they're great. They have amazing chemistry together. Yeah, they're great. Well, they are genuine. I was out for dinner with them all, all four of them last night and even all this time later and all this different stuff they've done, they just... It's the same. Like they love each other and they make each other laugh so much and we all muck around and they have such, they're such good friends. And that, you know, that sort of dynamic offset right from the beginning, right from the first rehearsals has made such a huge difference because they want to make each other good, but also they want to make each other laugh. Well, and you, know, you can and feel helped. that tension yeah. too. Of it, I mean, it really does feel like, oh my gosh, these kids are best friends and they drive each other insane. Yeah, and that is exactly what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's particularly the point with the first series, we'd, Dame and I would sort of, you know, we were working out you know, how we'd shoot it and things like that. And and we'd be watching them on set and we'd be thinking, oh, this is, you know, it's okay. It's not quite what we hoped it would be, this scene. And then, we, you know, someone's director would say cut and then we'd see them off, like, mucking around, doing exactly what we wanted. <laughs> move the cameras, yeah, no, move that's the cameras! So, so we're doing it better over there. Than we <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit of work. The one thing I found, like, just watching it is, like, it's what really works for me is it's really sweet-natured, even though the guys give yeah. each other, like, total crap yeah. and what's really summed up that series for me in a lot of ways and a lot of people i used to know was like there's the party scene uh i think it's in series one yeah where uh they have to use the restroom and uh, <laughs> uh i think simon's in yeah, yeah he comes yeah, yeah. out yeah. and then uh jade is like yeah. the girl that he wants to impress is right there and yeah. he's just going on about how he crapped the place and it smells yeah. like give it a minute don't go in yeah and of course she goes away and he's like why yeah. did you do that and he's like eh, it's funny you yeah know? just yeah. I used to do that. I used to do that at house parties. That was my special treat. But I used to do it to people I didn't know if there's a queue down the stairs. Oh, no. someone would come, like, I didn't know who, and I didn't know. And it made me incredibly unpopular and quite obnoxious, but I was very proud of it for a while. I thought, this is definitely this a good is joke. My bit. This, yeah, this is, is my This is definitely, thing. definitely a good joke. It might get me punched, but it's definitely a good joke. So I'm assuming that you and uh, your co creator, yeah, Damon, Damon. Uh, pulled a lot of stuff from your own adolescence and Yeah, far stuff. too much, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, far too much. Um, you know what I love, and yeah. this is just sort of an interruption, but maybe it'll segue into some right. great anecdote. The um, film Amadeus. Yeah, I love, I mean, I mean, like, what is that? I mean, <laughs> Marie Abraham, we all knew one of him, right? I love the way you portray mothers on the show. Yep. Um, I think it's so smart and so tender, and also, like, they are real people with their yeah. own shit going on. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I love that. I, I don't think there's many shows, I feel like Freaks and Geeks did a great job yeah. out here of that same family dynamic where everybody's an actual person. Yeah. Um, but I really admire well, We kind of tried to work on that. I mean, again, I have a, you know, I adore my mother, and, you know, I say to my wife, you know, one of the guilty things I feel most guilty about about being here is I miss my mother the whole time. Then I'll spend 
20 minutes with my mother back in England. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're going to kill each other. We are going to kill each other. You're driving me mad. I'm driving you mad. Oh, then I say, oh, I miss you so much. And then it's like, mm, I, ain't gonna hate, I sort of hate you again. So, yeah, so it's definitely, I think both Dave and I had a sense of, uh, you know, obviously being very close to our mothers, both of us, and um, trying to sort of reflect that. But there's a lot of, I mean, my mother, I was sharing a flat with Dave when I was 30, maybe. And I, had, I used to get migraines every now and again. And I had a migraine. And my mum came up from where she lived, about 25 miles away, to look after me, basically. Which is quite a weird thing for a 30-year-old man. Anyway. And I was sort of vomiting and lying by the, by the toilet. And I could just hear her in the other room with Damon. And she said, look, Damon, I've got these suppositories. So if it ever happens again, what you need to do is you need to just pop one of these. Oh, like, and, was, and even like, through a sort of migraine and the vomiting and stuff, whoa, I, could, whoa, I was thinking, whoa. oh, don't say that, mum. <laughs> don't tell him about that. You know, that, that's, it. that's pretty much word for word in, in one of the episodes. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, it's things like that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Is, but, Damon, also, I don't know how bad my migraine would have to be for me to think what I really need now is for Damon, my friend, to uh, stick a pill up my bottom. Well, yeah, I'm imagining that scene with your mom now, too. That's, a, that's an yeah, intense she's pretty, act of love. She's pretty out there. Well, she, yeah, she didn't do it, to be fair, but she was, uh, she was like, suggesting. <laughs> she was, I was like, prepared. She was right. prepared. She'd come, she'd come ready. <laughs> She'd come ready. There definitely are a lot of scenes of like the mothers just literally just wanting to say hi to their sons. Nothing yeah. there, and the, and the kids be like, "Mom, yeah, not now." Well, that's the, yeah. Definitely, Simon. You know, is very angry with his mother the whole time. I think actually, almost my favourite line in the film is right at the beginning. I think the mother says, um, "Looks like just Neil we're waiting for them," which is just like you know nothing. Mm-hmm. And and Simon the character says, "Yes, it does look like that, doesn't it?" God, sorry about her. And it's just that kind of. <laughs> It's just like it's that because that's you. Even I'm like that with my mother now. Like I'm yeah. that unreasonable. Often my wife's like, you have to be a bit nicer to your mother because she's not. I'm like, no, but did you hear what she said? He's like, yes, she said sort of nothing. Yeah, and you've just flown <laughs> off the handle for no reason. <laughs> so there's definitely a bit of that in there as well. Um, in those guys, those characters of sort of just how unreasonable you can be when you're that age. So when the movie oh, opened, or my age now, right? <laughs> any age really. Yeah. When the movie opened, yeah. um, in England, and uh, I don't know what the expectations were, but they yeah. probably weren't what it ended no, up being. No. Uh, what happened overnight with that? Like, was well, when the first Harry weekend Potter happened? Pretty quickly? No, it was pretty. It was. It was interesting. It was kind of weird because it was our first film, and we our distributor was really brilliant. Like with Nigel Green, he distributed like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So he knew he dealt with big films. Yeah. And he put it in quite a lot of cinemas, and. Nigel sort of sent us these numbers through, and we were like, oh, okay, so the first preview night, night is taken like, I mean, what was two and a half million pounds? Well, like, oh, okay, that seems quite good. And everyone was like, no, that's, that's amazing, but that's totally amazing. That's like <laughs> what we sort of thought it might take in the whole run. So that's, that's the Wednesday night, it's not even Friday. Oh my It'll gosh. go up at the weekend, it's massive. And me and Dan were like, oh, right, okay. And they said, well, look, we'll send you, we'll keep sending you the numbers through every hour as they come in and through the day. And I was like, oh, great. And so what I ended up doing was, I would basically sit by my computer, just refreshing Twitter every five seconds to see what people were so searching in between and searching what people were saying about the film. <laughs> then every hour the thing would come through. Then about 11.30, I was just sitting indoors. About 11.30, I think, oh, I could start drinking now, couldn't I? Because I've got a week <laughs> off. I'm not really doing anything. I'd start drinking. <laughs> and then basically, I'd be like sort of sort of drunk, sort of like just oh, red-eyed. Oh, this yeah, about 11 yeah. And then I'd then just like watch the numbers come through, keep going on Twitter, decide I hate myself, keep drinking, have a little kip. Wake up. So the first couple of weeks, I was like, I hope you're enjoying this. You know, it's an amazing thing. I hope you're really enjoying yourself. I was like, I don't think I am. I think I've just gone absolutely insane. It feels like... Because I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't know what I do. I, you know, get a 
buy a Ferrari and get a cigar and walk into the Groucho Club like I own it. I didn't, you know... Maybe. Not, well, I think it wouldn't have been very me, really. So <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of just sat there. So it was... The first couple of weeks were quite weird. And then it was yeah. only really... To be honest with you, it was only kind of... I think Christmas time when the DVD came out and it was sort of two million in two weeks or something that I started to think, oh yeah, it was quite a big, it's quite a big deal that film, wasn't oh it, in the gosh. summer? And well, how did you guys make the jump? I'm sure this, you've been asked this a million times, but from a series to deciding to do a feature. Well, we sort of always wanted to write a film. And I think we mm-hmm. always wanted to do a film about that sort of lad's summer holiday because yeah. we, we went on lots of those and everyone we knew did those sorts of holidays. Yeah. So it felt like. Um, it, it felt like a natural film for us to write. And then between the, after the second series of the in had gone out, it was, a, it was a big enough success that we thought someone will probably let us write yeah. this film if we want to. We'll probably have an, someone will probably give us the money to write this film that might get made. And then, you know, the next sort of stage was that in our very slow brains was thinking, well, we have got four brilliant young actors who we love. But We've not these two guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that was, it was sort of like that. It was like, well, we, we, you know, we're thinking, oh, we're going to write this film about a lad's holiday the, with four guys. Oh, I wonder who can, can cast in it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we, what we shouldn't do is build on that massive fan base we've yeah. got. <laughs> and then she was like, should we, just, should we just do that? Should we just make it the in-between this film? Because we know the characters and we've got the actors. And, and that was really what swung it, I suppose, was us thinking... We've got four... I genuinely do think they're four of the best, you know, comedy actors of their generation Amen. in the yeah. UK, and why would you not want to work with them doing something bigger? So that was... It sort of came about slowly, but it was something we'd always wanted to do. Um, and in terms of, you know, stuff coming from our own lives, when we first started out, we sort of had a big anecdote file of all the stuff that we'd happened to us, so over all our lives, really. And then... Um, we had a sort of separate file. We, we were thinking about storylines for the first series. We had a separate file of like holiday stories and things that happened on holidays. We thought we can't really use that. You know, we never get a reason to take them abroad. We won't have the budget. Twenty-five minutes isn't enough to sort of tell the full story of people going abroad. And so we got to thinking, well, we should use those in a, in a different way and, and try and make a film. And then became the Inbetweeners film. Really, yeah, it's exciting. Okay, there you go. I love it. And the the approach of TV is so different in uh, england than it is here because yeah. here it's like oh 13 episode pickup 22 episode pickup whatever like this they do series over there and they tend to be shorter like yeah. three to six to nine episodes or something yeah. like with sherlock they do three 90 minute movies yeah and then they're done and that, what's brilliant about that is like you're really thirsting for more like you can go yeah. through the in-betweeners quick it's yes. like it's 18 episodes yeah um but it it's so compact and great and everything really hits. And I think that's a testament to like just quality control. And yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's only, you know, I think there's something to be said for both ways. Really. Like I wish there were, you know, I wish we'd been able to make 50 episodes of the yeah. Inbetweeners that were that as funny as those 18 that we made, you know, and even, you know, the 18 go up and down. There's things, there's ones that don't hit quite as well as the other ones and stuff. So I think broadly, I, I'd love to have made an, a, bigger more of them but it was because dame and i you know wrote them all we were on set every day and we edited them did you guys have a lot of people like any kind of interference or overhead or no not really no we had we had those we were very lucky actually because there's a woman called caroline leddy who was our um the commissioning editor for the show and was the executive producer of the film along with a guy called shane allen and they were we sort of knew they were friends really and they were also our bosses at channel four and they were just incredibly supportive and helpful and caroline's been there right from the very beginning just really really pushing us and shane was the first person to read the script and was you know right behind it the whole time so the only because it was an independent film as well it was, it was the only sort of notes or input we had was from people that we trusted and we liked and we asked That's for it great. yeah no it's amazing it's i think only now we're realizing how 
lucky we that were. That is dreamy. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. incredible. Yeah. Was there any sort of resistance to just the frankness of it, just the, the language and the subject? No. It, again, Caroline, right from the beginning, was like, just push it further, do what you want. You know, just just go for it. Really, really go for it, and really make it as raw and honest as you can. So the only thing that stopped us was when we felt we were doing it for the sake of it. So I think there's no, right. hopefully there's nothing gratuitous in there. Again, this, you know, that's the whole thing about them being sweet and fundamentally nice boys is that you very very rarely, like only when Will's drunk, do you see them swearing in front of adults. Right. But they sort of never swear in front of their parents, apart from if Simon goes off on one or... You know, and they all reason. talk. I mean... Yeah, yeah, all talk. Yeah. I mean, all talk, yeah, of course. <laughs> like all teenage boys, they just yeah. basically all talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's do first. Let's do it. It's point. very exciting. There's a different first question in every podcast. All right. Uh, this I kind of thought of because there's the episode of The Inbetweeners where they go uh, to the amusement park yep. um, and want to get on the roller coaster. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I, did do, I, I did do that for real. Oh. Really. Yeah, in California. <laughs> Oh, it's no. a bad day. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen this episode, go watch the series, people. Yeah. Come on, it's really good. Uh, all right, so the question is, uh, what was the first amusement park you can remember going to, and what was your favorite ride or attraction there? Oh, well, that's easy, because it was it was Thorpe Park where we filmed that. Oh, nice. So I grew up a mile from Thorpe Park, and, it's, and every... Every half term, every summer holiday, every Easter holiday, because it wasn't open in the winter, we would go there. And as and initially, I went there as a sort of eight or nine year old when it first opened, and then it was the place to go with sort of groups. So a group of girls were going, so you go as a group of guys, and you try and meet up, or you try and meet them on a ride and stuff. But the other thing about Thought Park was that now it's got sort of you know four or five big roller coasters. In those days, it had nothing, like sort of nothing. <laughs> like you'd queue for an hour for the teacup ride, and that's not an exaggeration. That is the truth of what you would do, <laughs> because it was so lame. They got their first roller coaster, which is called Space 1999, which gives you an idea of how old I am. They got their first roller coaster, and that was the only roller coaster they had, and even that didn't have any loops. It was just quite a fast, not that good roller coaster. So the early years of the first rides were, they had a kind of historical walkway and that was the best thing about it and the best the best thing in Thorpe Park was an uh, animatronic um, hand with a sword coming out of a lake that would then go back in again you go yeah I went to Thorpe Park at the weekend saw the uh, saw the sword that's it that's all it was because there was nothing else there was like a kind of there was an ice skating rink and that was it so it was uh yeah, it was that Thorpe Park. It's a game, man. That was the first week we filmed of any of the in-betweeners was back at Thorpe Park. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah, and I was staying with my mum when I was living there. So I thought, this oh, is... Oh, my gosh. Everything about this is so weird. I'm back at the Thorpe Park, <laughs> living out... I'm seeing some other people act out a thing that I did for real, and every night I'm going home to sleep in my mum's spare room. So it Take was, a little um, pill up the bottom. That's right. Maybe, well, do you know what? Luckily, I didn't get any migraines that week, so uh, it's okay. It's just gratuitous pills. Yeah, just, anyway, just, I just, yeah, just eat for the sake of it. I was like, well, this is... Once you start, Old time once sake. you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they say about Classic. suppositories. <laughs> I suppose. Sorry. Uh, how about you, Vanessa? Uh, I I didn't grow up near anything. I grew up in the country and um, in Tennessee. And then, Ooh. yeah, I went on my honeymoon. So we made our own theme park, Nashville. Oh yeah, it's a great city. Amazing. Um, I grew up about an hour from Nashville, and our first big trip was we went to Florida to Disney World. I can never remember which one is the land of the world, but I was like seven or six, and um, I may have told the story before, but it just came back to me. I wasn't excited about anything except for the characters. Like that's exciting, yep. and I really wanted the ears, and I got the ears. My sister was at the age she could really enjoy it, but I was kind of too young. But we went to a magic show, and. They have those little, you know, stages set up with the people that can't quite hack it as like a full-on Disney character, but they're doing a little <laughs> sleight of hand. And they needed a volunteer, and I was like outgoing, like I raised my hand, I was so excited, and I waddle up the stage. I was very chubby, and the the trick was he was going to wave a 
magic wand over me and turn me into a rabbit. And he was like, and then you're going to live in the forest, so say goodbye to your mom and dad. Okay. And I started bawling. Yeah, that's cool. And he, well, he was just like, calm down, calm down. <laughs> and like, but still, like, working the crowd. And I, and I was, like, shaking, and my parents were just taking my picture, and, cry, and I was crying. And then he hit me in the head with the magic stick. And what happens is, like, a long rollout poster of a bunny comes out uh, of it, and so it covers me up. But the creepiest part is, like, the magician just being like, calm down. <laughs> like, don't fuck this up for me again. <laughs> and my I, big chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was horrible. Like it, yeah, Fifteen horrible. more good reviews. I get to move up to Epcot. Epcot, kid, you hear me? <laughs> you hear me? And then the next day, I got. I thought there was a baseball mound, and I pretended to hit it, and it was actually a fire ant mound, and I got covered in fire ant lights. At Disneyland, I think it was in my aunt Ruth's backyard. Oh, okay, <laughs> your <laughs> turn. That's a weird attraction for Disney World. <laughs> fire, fire ant parks. Fire ant island. Did you go on that? <laughs> line. Uh, I think for I mean, obviously, there's video like old like sixteen footage of yeah. like when I'm really little going to like Disneyland and yeah. Universal, but I don't remember them because I was like two or three but the first one i can really remember going to is i grew up in michigan until i was nine uh there's a place called cedar point yeah I that's the i well, i'm actually genuine roller coaster nerd so i believe it has the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the tallest roller coaster in the world I think whoa it is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in ohio yeah. but i didn't like, see this coming the Thor- was, park store now this. <laughs> it's the it was the closest like, actual like theme yeah. park with roller coasters and stuff there's little things around like at lake lansing there was yeah. like a, a go-kart track or whatever things like that but uh, Cedar Point was where you would go. Like it was like a five-hour drive or something. So we went, and I was probably like eight or nine or something. Yeah, it was around that age. And uh, I remember at that time they had a new ride called Thunder Canyon, which was like one of the first like canyon rapid rides yep. at an amusement park. Which literally all it was. It's it's. I mean, they have versions of like this a log ride, uh, similar to that, but it's like one of those round. Uh, oh yeah, and you're things swooshing that you're up. Yeah, and you're like literally going down rapids and you yeah. go under waterfalls and you get wet. That kind of thing, right? Yeah. But the ones they have that I've been on since then, like, are pretty sparing with their water. This one was not. <laughs> <laughs> this was like it w- went kind of slow, and sometimes you would get stuck underneath like a waterfall oh, thing, good. and it's just dumping water on you. And it was hot. And, and the humid other half the of the boat is one half of the boat dry because that's how they like to do it. Not, so that- not this place. <laughs> Now, this place was like you got ridiculously wet, and the thing had just opened up. And we got off of it, we were just like completely drenched. And everybody kept asking us, like we would walk down and be like, uh, "Which way is Thunder Canyon?" Like, yeah, right over there, because you got ridiculously wet. And I, I now I'd never gone water rides. Did you like I just, it? I don't like it, but at the time, yeah, yeah, because well, it was new and it was cool, and like it was hot and humid in the summer there. So like it was welcome relief yeah. to get dumped on, but it was like ridiculous water. Cole said it's welcome relief to get dumped on. Have you been on the yeah, Jurassic Park ride right at Universal? Studios in Los Angeles because that's the one because people come to visit and they say to me oh I'm going to um, Universal Studios what should I go and I'm like well you should definitely go on uh, the Simpsons ride which I think is a work of art you should do the backlot tour the mummy ride is surprisingly enjoyable do not be fooled and don't go on the Jurassic Park ride <laughs> what just is don't that do it like? they're like they're like well, no, maybe we'll go. I was like, just don't, don't do it. Don't do it. What it's like? It's like, it's like when the Simpsons do a joke about Itchy and Scratchy Land having bad animatronic characters <laughs> and a really lame slow boat ride. Oh. It's yeah. that. It's a slow boat ride through the sort of animatronic like, dinosaurs. It's that, and then it's like, oh, one like thing, like ramp down so you can get a little bit of water on you, and buy that photo of you being disappointed. Yeah, really thinking. (laughs) Oh, now I'm wet and I'm disappointed as well. So, no, but the Simpsons ride there is 
a work of art, I think. I love the Simpsons ride, though. I really did like the Back to the Future ride, so I'm torn on it. So for me, it was like, why couldn't you have replaced something else that sucked? Oh, it <laughs> took away the there are Back plenty to the of Future ride? Yeah, there are plenty of things they could have yeah. swapped out yeah. the Simpson ride for. Yeah. Um, but that's also because I really like the Back to the Future movie, so there's like that going in. Nostalgia. Yeah. It's all nostalgia yeah. here. But there's things that, like, at Universal, I've never like, been to really? Universal Studios. It's You can do it in, like, half a day. It does not take long. Yeah. Go off seat peak. But, and there's some cool things. There's this new Transformer ride that just opened. It's actually pretty cool. I haven't seen um, it. It's good. It, it's fun. But there's things there, like, they now call it the Universal, like, M- Monsters Horror, House of Horrors or That's something. That's unbelievable. It's really bad. And it, they at, for, at first, it was the Van what Helsing like? Monster House. It's like a live-action uh, House of Horrors. You walk through and people jump out at you, basically. That's making it sound yep. a billion times less terrifying than it actually The first time I went with my wife, we sprinted the last 20 or 30 <laughs> yards. I think she's like, okay, this is just a full-on panic attack now. Get me out. I'm like, I get it. I get it. But I'm still panicking. Get me out of this place. Head down. And we, the first... 15, 10 minutes of walking around it, we were trailing a Chinese tourist very, very tightly. So we're like, this guy's getting it. If anyone's going to jump out, <laughs> this guy's getting it. He was, sure enough, he got it. Then he think he clocked it and he was like going slow and we were like, oh God. Yeah, we got to pass him. It's terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And they'll also like, especially around Halloween time, they really amp it up oh. there. And like, Why would people we do went, that? We walked through it one time and me. I remember like, somebody jumped up behind my wife oh no i think almost made contact with her did and she literally turned it almost punched him like brought her fist up in the defensive mode yeah i don't like that that's a fun of yeah occupational hazard is people walloping you because what's i mean what's brilliant about it is that initially you think okay well they're going to jump out from that hole there and they do and then the next time you're like well there's a hole there and they go actually they're jumping out from the hole the other side oh. so you think okay you double bluff me i've got it you're, you're not going to come from there you're going to come from there and then but then they just come from the back oh. from the, ah, oh, then, no. and that's horrible I don't want they to. find ways. But I just love that they named it after Van Helsing for a while. Yeah. Like, really? Like, did people have anybody have a fond memory of that movie? <laughs> I don't think Studio does. Um, which is, but that's another thing, too. Like, it, and this is a total aside, but like, there's so many previews that will constantly be like from the studio that brought you or the producers that brought you Alice in Wonderland. They always throw Alice in Wonderland out there, like the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp yeah. remake. And yeah. I'm like, it made a ton of money, but people generally don't like it that much. So why do you <laughs> keep using project. that as like the point? Yeah. Of, like, remember that thing that you were kind of excited for and then you walked out going like, that was weird. I don't really <laughs> like that. We've got some more for you. <laughs> right. right. Ugh. All right. Uh, let's do uh, my little gamey thing. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, this is called This too. or That. We do these every once in a while. Okay. Vanessa, you can play along because I have not showed this to you. Uh, it's the, the category is The Wonderful World of Oz. I'm going to give you the name from a character that is either from L. Frank Baum's beloved Magical Land of Oz. Right. Or from Tom Fontana's HBO Maximum Security Prison Show. Gotcha. This is from one of those two. So I guess you would say either prison or magic. Let's go prison with that. magic. Yeah. Okay. All right, so there's ten of these. Not seen either, of course. Famous. I have seen The Wizard of Oz. That's not true. So I've here you go. I've never seen the show Oz. They're also based on the Oz books and that stuff. Oh, so great. So it's much harder. So All it's right. not like... Okay. Tin Man. It's effectively a guess. <laughs> yes. I could get a chicken in to do this for me. Because it's time <laughs> got a, I mean, I haven't got a clip. All right, here goes. Why not? Uh, number one, Jiggy Walker. That's the prison. So prison. It is prison. Yes. Yeah. Played by LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ladies love Cool James. There you go. <laughs> when he's they not do. punching out tramps in his <laughs> kitchen. True. Yeah. Isn't when that a great story? Amazing. Oh, not dislocated. I'm really the excited about transients. that. <laughs> he's like, you like it when a guy's going to beat up a meth addict? LL Cool J <laughs> is your man. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all fragile meth boats going. <laughs> Stay out of that house, though, man. That's it. If I want, if I find an intruder in my house, I definitely want them to be a meth addict. Oh, they, yeah. they're going to go down much easier. Than yeah, else. they're going to be right. tweaking out, easy to scare. Yeah, <laughs> house of horrors on Jumpy. their face. That's right. <laughs> but now you can just like, if you see somebody in the room, you can go like, just try to do an LL Cool J impression in the room. <laughs> oh, that's I not need to uh, ma- Mama said, "Knock you out." So I'm going to have to. Number two. Boo. Jellia Jamb. Well, that's going to be the books about wizard. Magic. It is indeed. She's the head maid at the Emerald City Palace. Oh, Jellia. Amazing. Still a class structure in the Emerald City. <laughs> there is. Isn't that terrible? That's There's terrible. no such thing yeah, as it. paradise. That's it. <laughs> Somebody's still got to scrub can ask those the wizard with a toothbrush. Whatever you want. <laughs> you need but to be in the service industry. Also, he's a wizard. He's like, well, I could probably... Get a magic trick. I mean, I just—I could just magic all this dust away. Nope. (laughs) No. Jellia, if you could get that for me. (laughs) Jellia, look. I know you want some courage, and I'm going to give that to you. I am going to give that to you. But we're vetting you for another wizard right now, so there's a few hoops. Uh, Number three, Mombi. Again, chicken. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with your double bluffing us. It's from the books, The Wizard of Oz. It is. She's Good the job. Wicked Witch of the North. Oh, really? Uh, and if you've ever seen Return to Oz, she's the one that has all the heads in the cases. Yes. Oh, scary. Yes, brilliant. Scariest movie of all so time. Brilliant. Scary. Absolutely. I, I love it. twice the Ooh. cinema of that film. I thought it was great. It's really so good. good. Great. Really it's good. so terrifying. Dark and unflinching and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And brilliant film. So many good performances. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. Yeah, it's great. And uh, Scary Chicken. Yeah, the chicken, yeah. <laughs> Who, in the end... She oh, defeats no spoilers, but she's Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> 25-year-old film. Because <laughs> eggs are poison. It's a poison to rock monster to, things. To the gnomes. They're the gnomes, the gnomes, yeah. that's it. Well done. Uh, I believe uh, Belina was her name. Oh, I hope that's yes, a clue for later. Uh, <sighs> number four, Jazz Hoyt. That's a prisoner. prison. Prison name. Prison, yeah. Played by Evan Seinfeld. Any uh, relation? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with the guy with the same last name as me? <laughs> Who's going to shank me? <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're in the showers. <laughs> What's the deal with conjugal visits? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Number five, Alan McGudgey. Wizard. I think he is wizard, yeah. He is. He's uh, a kid who escapes name. to Oz in Merry-Go-Round in Oz. Yeah, I think I know. What are the, what are the... And now Lumagudgy. he's the head of a studio. <laughs> <laughs> and he's brought you <laughs> From the kid who escapes to the wizard of Oz. <laughs> visionary. And the visionary kid. Escape artist. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was stuff like that. Like, not to do with like yeah. what they've done in the film business, what they've done in life. <laughs> from Homecoming King. <laughs> uh, from the kid who came third of the swim meet. <laughs> Number six, Supreme Allah. Supreme Allah? Yep. Was well, controversial. But let's try it out. <laughs> Very I controversial. Mean, I think I've heard that name before somewhere. <laughs> it rings a bell. Uh, is it from the books? It is not. Oh, okay. It is the prison. It's That's played by Lord Jamar from Brand Nubian. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Uh, number seven, Johnny Dewitt. Johnny Dewitt. Uh, wizard. I'm going for prison. Wizard. Wow. Uh, he's the handyman in the book The Road to Oz. Johnny right. Do It. Hey, Johnny Do It. <laughs> I haven't oh. read it, but I like to think of him as this New Jersey guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Somehow correct, I ended yeah. up in Oz. Yeah. yeah. Just not his real name. I went down a pipe and I ended up in Oz. <laughs> hey. Johnny Do It. He's getting into porn. <laughs> what? Johnny Do It. He's oh, getting into all porn. All right, sure. It's the street you grew up on. <laughs> grew up on Johnny Avenue and Do It was my dog. So. Uh, number eight, Kipakemi Jara. Um, that is from the terrifying HBO series. 
but it is from the prison series uh, about the prison series uh, played by Zakes Mulcahy. Uh, number nine, Betsy Bobbin. Oh, that's gonna be book booking it. It is. Yeah, yeah she uh, she's in the book TikTok of Oz. She goes to the Gnome Kingdom. What's the uh, what's one. spelling the surname? Bobbin B O B B I N B B I. A very close friend of mine, best man at my wedding, is gay called Gay. Gay. The guy called James Bobin B O B I N, who's often. People mispronounce his name, Bobbin. Bobbin. But it's actually Bobbin. Gotcha. B-O-B-B-I-N is a little... Uh, Bobbin. Spindle. Yeah, yeah Bobbin. Yeah, Bobbin, yeah. Nice. Not a Bobbin. Not a Bobbin. <laughs> Not a Bobbin. Number 10. Not a gay Bobbin. <laughs> the last one, Nimmy Amy. Book. I'm going for prison. It's from the books. Right. She's the munchkin girl the Tin Woodman once loved. Oh, right. that's controversial. That's a TLC show. She's the Tin Woodman in the books, not the Tin Man. They shortened left from the movie. Um, okay, now I have questions. Oh, yeah. they're, different. they're very different. Okay. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, what person in the world would you most like to imagine going through an embarrassing adolescence? Let's imagine it with you. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. The person I'd most like to imagine going through an embarrassing adolescence. I'm trying to think of who I really dislike. Uh, I don't know. I kind of. I suppose actually, let's I'll take a positive spin. On that. I think probably just what we're talking about. Maybe Jerry Seinfeld. I'd quite like the idea of going through observational, the incredibly <laughs> observational, endless, What's terrifying. What's the deal with these hairs? Yeah. It's like, like, yeah. What's the deal with my voice changing? Yeah. Okay. Am uh, I out? You know when you're dry humping a girl. <laughs> His friends were all like, shut up, Jerry. You're going to get us beat up again. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, that'd be enjoyable. We get it. You know this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, what if the in-betweeners had magical powers? How would that change things? Let's imagine it. Okay, let's imagine the in-betweeners have magical powers. I mean, they're such idiots. They just use them for terrible ends, I think. I think I, do, I can't imagine any of them choosing anything other than invisibility and Heidi and girls shouts. Like, it's absolutely rude. <laughs> yeah. one. It's like the number, like, I can't even What about think. X-ray vision? Yeah, maybe X-ray vision. Just close right. I think vision. the thing is about X-ray vision is kind of like, and I've probably spent too much time thinking about this already, <laughs> but the idea you have to, you have to stand there and like, not pretend that you're staying, it's bad enough you stare at people oh, anyway. Yeah. But if you're X-ray vision, you'd be like, hello, <laughs> very nice to meet you. <laughs> and you have to try and keep them talking while staring at them the whole time. But if you're invisible, you can just hide when they're changing, and that's probably, probably more enjoyable. Yeah, you, you were ready for that one. Too much. Um, too okay, much. now, you've angered a wizard, and you have to choose between two punishments. Okay. One is you have um, a belly button that's a thriving worm nest, and sometimes you hatch worms from your bottom and they crawl right up into the worm nest. It's always thriving. Vanessa thinks of these. They're or, all weird. <laughs> the other option. What did I do to this wizard? You just pissed him off. I cut him up. <laughs> you cut, cut him, him up. Cut him up in traffic. <laughs> he was one of the producers on Oogie Loves. <laughs> he was a meth head. He, he was in your kitchen. One yeah. thing went through All right. Head. Okay. Um, so there's that. Or you Horrific. have uh, there's that little scenario uh or you have a condition called dirt mouth and it makes your mouth look like there's sod in it all the time and you spit dirt like mud what wet dirt is mud so i think to me the grossest part of that is imagining the smile like the gummy soily smile um but no that's great aren't they let's be honest no they're not too it's they not both a, have a i thought the second one would be like oh you always get lollipops it <laughs> <laughs> means you have to go to the dentist more but you know but it's, it's not such a hassle maybe like three months rather than every six months um <laughs> now this wizard is pissed yeah. well i think probably i'd go for the endless worm bottom oh no yeah i would because you know you thing? can cover up a lot of things with Clothes, yeah. can't you? And you know, you can't cover those, what? those belly shirts you love are out though. Yeah, they're yeah. out. <laughs> those crop tops. I did actually genuinely when I came on holiday to 
California when I was 13 years old. There's, the only photographs of me are wearing a crop top. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> mid-80s, and I'm wearing a kind of crop top thing, which is, it seems extraordinary now, but it was kind of... I think it was all right for boys in those days. <laughs> now, I would go for... Um, yeah, I'd go for that, because I reckon... And also, there might come a point you think, quite like this. I'm quite into this. This is all right. Plus, if you're an avid fisherman, you've got, like, unlimited I mean, can you imagine? Unlimited. Can you imagine? Also, to be fair, I'm quite a keen gardener. Oh, there's they're never great. Enough, there's never enough worms. Nope. There they are. They're coming out my ass. So, <laughs> you? Always got a few in your little navel. Yeah. Um, great choice. Okay, uh, last question. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Twin Peaks, where are they now? <laughs> Twin Peaks, where are they now? Well... I was stalking Sherilyn Fenn on Twitter. She was on Twitter about two years ago. She shaved her head and was living in Hollywood, I believe. Or lived to Panga, something like that. So she's there. Uh, Carl McLaughlin was amazing on Sex and the City, wasn't he? Yeah. Utterly brilliant, I thought. Uh, I was thinking, where are the characters now? Oh, the characters. Oh, right, sorry. But Um, I love that you know enough to be like, actually, we've got the locations for the (laughs) (laughs) I've stalked a few of them, and I've managed to... We're actually going to work on Sherilyn Fenn for this show, by the way, because our our buddy Doug Jones, who's on the show a couple times, just done a movie with her. her, No way. I mean, genuinely, Sherilyn Fenn kind of like was my... Oh, it's not really a sexual awakening, but it was the first time I thought to myself, oh my God, I almost can't watch this show because that woman is so gorgeous. She's, She's beautiful. so beautiful. Yeah. She's yeah. like a whole new Elizabeth Audrey. Taylor. Just Audrey. like... And I, did, I managed to do the uh, tying a um, cherry stalk in my mouth into a knot. Whoa. I could do that. <laughs> Wasn't quite if the same listening. coming from a seventeen-year-old, seventeen-year-old acneed child. In a crop top <laughs> with a dream. Uh, yeah, um, Twin Peaks. Well, I don't know. I suppose I like to think that, I like to think that Leroy's probably dead. Mm-hmm. Let's hope Leroy's dead. Yeah, let's hope Andy and I can't remember her name. Who the, the secretary? Oh, the adorable Quirker. Yeah, I hope yeah. they're married and have like ten kids and they're happy. Yeah. Making ends meet, but loving every minute of it. Bob, Bob's fine. He's cut his hair. <laughs> that was the big thing he needed to do. He needed to cut his hair. So he needed to cut his hair, like change. Like you know, you're a bit, when you're a bit younger. Yeah. You can be a bit wilder. And now he's just like, oh, I didn't need to be going around terrorizing people as Leland's kind of alter ego. Well, I should have just cut my hair. And he's like a gardener now. And he does like he designs gardens as well as um, oh, sort of wow. renovates and stuff. So that's, he's Very doing pretty good. Work. Um, again, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of people in, have moved towards Twin Peaks now. You know, the, the mill closed down, but it's got a kind Pies, of, but it's, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. area. So people have kind of gone there. You know, more sort of upscale people have gone there from oh. from the cities. Lots so, of um, antiquing, probably. A lot of antiquing. Mm. A lot of antiquing. <laughs> so where's Laura Palmer? Laura Palmer <laughs> is. I think she's still in that bag in the river, isn't oh, she? I think she's still probably there. still there in the old bag in the river. It's changed. Dang. No, Twin Peaks is like a seminal show for me. Like incredible. Oh, so good. So I haven't good. watched it in so long, and I just hey. rewatched it recently. Brilliant. And it's it's Utterly like just as good when genius, you watch it. And then and it's just as bad as when you watch it the first time oh. that bit. Then when it gets really bad for a bit, and then right at the very end it's very but good then again. It gets you back. It it's never about loses this, you. No, it's insane. It's so brilliant. And oh. also the film Fire Walk with me, I think I'm gonna argue it's one of David Lynch's best films. Whoa. I'd say if not, I'd put it in his top three. I think what it's a really two? brilliant, brilliant film. What are your other ones in the top three? Well, you've got to say Blue Velvet, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And I actually really like uh, Eraserhead there you go yeah so I've watched you're good I've, at I've making lists yeah I I've seen I've seen quite a lot of them uh, I sort of probably gave up about two back Lost Highway might be my last one yeah but his stuff just kind of it kind of comes and you're like oh it's another weird one set on Mulholland yep. I've got to be ready for that that's the way I feel like I've yeah. got to go somewhere weird oh no sorry there for a while. Yeah, Wild at Heart Wild at, Wild at Heart Wild at Heart, probably Wild at Heart. I quite yeah, Wild at Heart. You putting that in the? I know. I preferred I preferred to raise a head to Wild at Heart. I think. 
Well, okay. When I was uh, in uh, <laughs> when I was in high school, we went up to Ashland for the Shakespeare Festival there. Like oh, yeah. my drama thing went up, yeah. and uh, you know there was a couple of like famous people in it. But you know, but the one that like meant something to a couple of us was like the lady that played the Log Lady. Oh yeah, amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, she was in some show, and we're all like, "Oh my god, it's the Log Lady!" <laughs> seeing a Shakespeare show with the Log Lady, We're the luckiest people in the world. That's good. She brought a whole new audience to That's right. That's what she was. The second thing she was most famous for after <laughs> carrying a log around in a TV show. But she must have got the script and gone, well, it's a gig. I'll take that. Okay. I'll hold that log. Why do I have to lose? <laughs> <laughs> well, you did it. You made it through our show. Oh, wow. Is that it? it was, I was enjoying myself. Thank you very much. Yeah, we thanks were enjoying for being ourselves on. too. Uh, go and uh, check out the Inbetweeners movie. It's uh, playing in uh, limited cities now, but I think it, hopefully it'll spread wider. Coming out Friday the yep. 7th. Friday yeah. the 7th. And basically, if you don't go and check it out in the limited cities, then it will, you'll never see it. So, so you <laughs> should go. It's up to you. It's up to you. And also, give yourself a few fun evenings. You can knock out all the show if you haven't seen it. Like, And it's fun to watch with friends. But um, you can also be alone and drown your sorrows in wine and some That's how we wrote it. Yeah. Stream it on Netflix. Check it out on Hulu. Um, um, you can follow the the film itself has a Twitter handle which is at inbetweeners USA. It'll kind of show you who's going to be where and when or is playing and that kind and of stuff too. And it's all under 140 characters, which is really amazing. <laughs> 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 uh, and also follow uh, follow Ian on on Twitter. Yeah, um, his handle is uh, impossible. You know, impossible. <laughs> it's basically impossible. <laughs> You're just going to have to get out your pen now and get some scratch paper. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> There's this A with a curl around it. <laughs> so it starts with that at uh, Ian, but that's I A I N. Kevin, K-E-V-A-N Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S, yeah. Kevin Morris. So follow Boom. him on there. Uh, you can follow the show on there at PMC Podcast. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.